0: guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child specific advice any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion
1: Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live on this Wednesday morning. It is Groundhog Day. I don't even know what happened this morning. I was too busy doing other things. I don't know. Did the groundhog come out? Did he look at his shadow? Did he go back in? I live in California, so (laughs) it is... When I was a kid, we used to live by that. Were we going to have six more weeks of winter or not? I don't live by that anymore because this is the nicest time of the year in Los Angeles. Uh, if, if you need to get away from the snow, I encourage you to come to Los Angeles in January and February because it, it is the best ever. Uh, just like I feel like we should all go to the Northeast for fall, right? Um So, but happy Groundhog's Day all the same. We are live here with you right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other places. We will podcast later on to all your favorite podcast places. It is a free download wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making us the number one rated autism podcast worldwide. And uh, we appreciate you doing that because we know that that's you guys, that you've been sharing us and liking us. We ask you to continue doing that. If there's something you find here, please review us on iTunes, give us a like, uh, throw us a heart. What. <laughs> Share us. Put the name of someone you love that you think would could use this resource in the comments. All of that is good, but most especially, we love it when you guys chat with us. I see that Ka just said good morning. I'm so sorry I missed yesterday's live, but watched it last night. What'd you think, Ka? I um I love it whenever we have Dr. Doreen Grampiche here with us to answer your questions, and I thought she was particularly on point yesterday. So I'd love to know what you think. We've got a great show for you here today. Really excited about that. And can I also tell you, we have a great show tomorrow that I'm super excited about, and I'll give you more information about that in a few minutes. But here's the deal. Our mission here is to provide information and inspiration. We are now, we've been on the air for 10 years. We're now part of the Autism Network, and we've got lots of things planned to be uh, here on the network, but we are really wanting to service that larger autism community. Now, of course, that starts with individuals who are on the spectrum themselves. Uh, Undeniable, right? And we want to create a home and a voice for those people. In fact, we have a show that's going to, we hope, debuting in April that is called Stories from the Spectrum that will be completely by and for neurodivergent individuals, neurodiverse individuals. So uh, we're excited about that. But always everything we want to do starts with those individuals. But we also want to include everyone who loves those individuals in our community, because we know that that community is a powerful community and that we can be allies in helping to support the individuals that we love on the spectrum. I'm one of those people. I am not on the spectrum myself. I am a mom of a wonderful individual who was diagnosed at the age of two and a half as an adult now, 18. And believe me, he speaks for himself now. And that's, fantastic that he speaks for himself. And I just want to be someone who is fighting for everybody to have the ability, right, and facility to be able to do that in whatever way is possible for them. And it looks different for different people. We can't have a one size fits all, right? Uh, Because that doesn't work. It never worked. That was never a part of society, but we need to educate more people to make more room for that. So that's what we're here for and, you know, sometimes we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Uh We try to keep it real, but we don't want to be Debbie Downer. And we don't want to be all, as as Nancy Allspot Jackson says, we don't want to just fart rainbows. You know what I'm saying? Because every day is not a, a rainbow. Uh <clears throat> Ka says, yesterday was amazing. I'm so glad I found... You both, I just wish I did sooner, but it's never too late. It's never too late, Kyle. We're so glad that you're here with us. Amanda's here with her blue hearts. I'm really excited to have you here as well. And uh, we've got a guest that's going to be joining us in just a little while, going to be talking with us about uh, an amazing uh, resource that he is bringing to the autism community. And uh, that's for more of the, the teens and the adults. So uh a dating and friendship coach and a program. So you're gonna you're gonna love that, right? So Stacy, good morning. Hi, how are you? It might be afternoon or even evening where you are. Uh we love having the opportunity to be with you guys. So I think I've said everything except that we have lots of experts that are here on the show with us. I'm not one of them. I already told you that my credential for being here is that I am a very proud mom and I'm a former teacher and yes I used to be a stand-up comedian in in the way far past. And apparently now I'm a TV and film critic. I didn't know, but I am. So (laughs) there we go. More about that on another time. And I got a book that's coming out. I I don't think, have we talked about this before on the show? My book is coming out on July 6th. It is available for pre-order now on Amazon and it is called Autism Parent to Parent. I'm very proud of it. If you watch the show, it will make total sense to you because I basically tell you, like it, I I wish I could have called it Girlfriend's Guide uh, to Being an Autism Parent, but you know, I couldn't really do that. So yes, Amanda, my that's what one of the things I've been working on so hard in the last year. The book is coming out July 6th. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. It's called Parent to Parent. And, uh, if you put parent to parent in my name in, you'll, you'll, you'll find it and you could see on the book cover, guess who wrote the forward for it? Yes. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet. So that's very exciting to me. And I, I hope you guys will like it. Um, uh, and if you don't, I hope you'll tell me that you don't, cause that's how we try to run things here. Michelle says I need, oops, Uh, Oh, Traven, thank you for putting up the link for that. We're not trying to shamelessly promote, but you know, I need uh, to see someone will be hiring for autistic janitor, cut my four hours into two and go on disability after retirement. Yesterday, Dr. Doreen show my therapist called. Uh, I am seeking much needed help waiting for treatment and bed to open up. Uh, life story. Uh, uh, Michelle, I, who I would love to know who it is that you're waiting for. Is it someone who knows you're waiting for them to get the help and the treatment that you need? I'm sending you a hug because you have been with us for a really long time. So I'm sending you a hug and my love, and I hope that you find everything you're looking for. But if there's a way that we can help, you know, you guys can always write in, you can write in in the, in the chat, but that's, you know, a little not private, right? If you want to talk to me privately, you always have the ability to write to me at Shannon at autism-live.com. I will tell you that for nine years, 10 years, the it was uh, s.penrod at autism-live.com. And because old shows run, we kept that. So you can really write into either one. Shannon at autism-live.com is a little bit easier to remember though, I think. So please write to me if you need help and support. Good morning, our Cameron's new life journey. Uh, So thrilled that you are here. Okay. Uh, We did not do a live show on Monday, so we have a little bit of catch up to do on the jargon of the day. So let's hit it hard, right? Shall we? Uh, Every morning, we like to visit this. We call it the jargon of the day. Oh, this is a big deal to me this week. Let me just tell you, because so often on this journey, you are looking for help. You're looking for help and you're looking support and you run into lots of obstacles, right? Like you can't find who's the person you need to talk to. Are they available? Yada, yada, yada. Then finally you get in front of the person who may or may not have answers for you or a loved one, and they start talking to you in another language. And it's just maddening. Maddening, maddening, maddening. So uh, for two years, when my son was diagnosed with autism, I just, anytime somebody said something with jargon, I would shame them. And I would go, how dare you? Do you not see how tired I am? What are you even talking about? Please explain to me what you just said. And I would—I was a little not nice about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then other times I was like, could you, could you define for me what that term was that you just used? Sometimes I was nice. Not always, though, because I was crabby. I was underslept and overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? And eventually I realized though, okay, the whole thing with jargon is that jargon is are, are really specific terms that are used to help a group of people get at something quicker. And it's really meant to be just used inside the club, but we want in the club, don't we? The problem is, is that they've gotten so used to using their term that they don't want to take the time to slow their roll and tell you what it means. That's what it is most of the time. Some of the time it is that they don't know how to define it. This is what I've come to. Um, But both are not acceptable when people are talking to individuals who are not yet a part of their club. And we want to be a part of the club. So I think it's really important that we look at the jargon terms look at what the actual definition is, and then often I make fun of that. Because really, wouldn't you? It's what's available. And there's really not much else you can do with most of these definitions. But then we give you a working definition that's user-friendly, or at least we try to be as user-friendly. If you don't get the user-friendly one, I don't want you to beat yourself up. It is not that you're not smart. It isn't. It's that there might be seven other jargon terms that you need to know, and then you need to see it in real life before you can put it together. You will understand it before we're we're all done, right? Um, But maybe not today. Maybe today you just get a part of it, and that's okay. We need to be kind to ourselves, but we also need to hold these experts to accountability and make them explain these things to us. But we're learning it on the side as well, because that's a responsible thing to do. So today we're going to take on two terms, two, two it's a twofer. Uh, so here we go. Here's our first one, an IEE. I know. Welcome to alphabet land. Uh, right? IEE. We. I think some of you might be familiar with IEP. So what's an IEE? Actually, Bonnie Yates talks about this a lot. So let's dive in and see what an IEE is. IEE is an Independent Education Evaluation. Okay. So the IEP is the plan or the program, but this is an independent educational evaluation. So what do we need to know about this? We're not even going to make fun of this because there's nothing to be made fun about with this, right? Let's go on to our uh, working definition so we can start to understand how this might be important to you. So an IEE is uh, if, you, if you're meeting with a school, let's read what's here. If you don't agree with the school's evaluation of your child, you have the right to ask for an IEE by someone outside the school and often at the school's expense. So if you've gone to the IEP meeting and you sat down and it does not look right to you, it seems entirely wrong. And usually when you're at the IEP meeting, it's because the school did an evaluation of your child. And you, I hope that you watch the show enough that you know not to go into the IEP meeting, if you can at all help it, and read those those presentations right there because there's no there's no one who can assimilate that information in that meeting and and understand what's happening and be able to intelligently implement something for their child no one uh, not even a lawyer a lawyer would never do it they would say i want to look at it first outside the meeting so i always tell people when you agree to your iep meeting Because you'll get that from the school, a little notice saying, we'd like to meet with you about Johnny's progress in an individualized education program meeting on X date. When you agree to that meeting, get in the habit of saying, yes, I will attend. Um, and I will be bringing the, you know, if you're bringing your brother-in-law who happens to be a lawyer, or you're bringing your neighbor across the street, who's just going to be there for moral support, tell them if you're planning on bringing someone also tell them, and I'm planning on recording and always say that even if you're not because you might decide to on the day of. You can always on the day of say, you know what? I thought about it. I don't want to record this meeting. You have that right. But if you want to be able to record, you have to have given them a certain amount of notice. In some states, it's 24 hours. In some, it's 48 hours. So just tell them when you respond to the IEP meeting request and ask them if you can see any of their evaluations 48 hours before. That's going to be hard for them because, listen, I used to be a teacher. It's last minute Lulu. You're up against the wall. You're trying to get in the evaluation and put the report together and get ready for other IEP meetings, right? So you ask them, you've given them plenty of written notice, and you say, I'd like to look at all of the evaluations, uh, and I want to receive them at least 48 hours before so that I have 48 hours to look at them over before I come to the IEP meeting. So you look those over. You go to the IEP meeting, and if you disagree with anything in those evaluations, or you're going to bring it up at the IEP meeting and you're going to haggle it out there, right? But sometimes in the IEP meeting, you just see we are on two different pages, or they're depicting a child in their evaluations that I don't see, that I don't agree with, I don't think that's right you know, whatever the disagreement is, you can at that meeting say, you know what, I don't think we're in agreement. So I'm requesting an IEE. I'm requesting that somebody outside the school, not you, evaluates. Um, And it's, you, you know, I think it's one of those things people get uncomfortable asking for it, because in a way, it kind of implies, I don't agree with you. But really that's the truth right and we need to get over the squeamish feeling of oh i don't want to rock the boat these are the people that my child are with uh, all day long and you know they're going to be mean to him no we we can't be afraid to ask for what is right for our children legally i'm not going to say to you that no one has ever been mean to a child because we know that's not true right but i think far more often these people are professionals and you're allowed to have a disagreement And you can ask for this IEE. And usually the school pays for it, usually. And what will happen often is the school will give you a list of of people and they say, here are the people that we recommend that you go to for the IEE. If you don't see a person on there that you like, you can request someone. They can't dictate that those are the only people you can request someone. It's usually a dialogue. But this is something that more of us should take advantage of. Before we get to the due process, before we get to anything else, you have a legal right to ask for the IEE, and usually it is not at the expense of the parent. Someone outside who looks at your child and says, here's what I see, could could end up being a really good thing. Uh, okay, so uh, we also have another jargon term for you today. Uh, Let's uh, the ITP. Now, normally we would never talk about these two things together, but we missed Monday's show. So this is a term that uh, everybody needs to learn. Everybody needs to learn, and we need to be super aware of this because I find more often than not when I talk about the ITP, people go, hmm, "What? Hmm, I don't. What is that one? I don't know about that one, right?" Actually, that's the IEE too. But ITP, I'm telling you, especially for those of you who are watching and you've turned in because you know we have somebody who's we're going to be talking about teens and adults, and you're like, "Teens and adults is where we're at." guess what? If you have a little one, you're going to be there eventually. It happens. You blink and suddenly they're a teenager and suddenly they're an adult, right? So what is an ITP? Let's take a look at what that actually is. Uh, ITP is the Individual Transition Plan. Woo! I want like fireworks to go off in the background. Um, so it, it, it is a legal thing that if your child has been diagnosed with autism, they are eligible for an IEP. And the IEP says that they got to make a plan that is right for your child. Now, your school might decide that they don't need the IEP, but then you would fight that, right? Um, And if you have an IEP, then when you get to a certain age, in some states, it's 14, but in all states, it's by age 16 by their 16th birthday the ITP has to be in place not start to discuss it has to be in place so let's let's take a look at what uh our working definition to see what the ITP might look like so an ITP is a legal requirement for all 16 year olds in special education but in some states 14 it creates a plan for the three uh, for three different areas that your school, your your child, or you are going to transition from school. And school has to have a plan to make these three things a smooth transition. So many people talk about the cliff, the cliff, the cliff. Well, if the ITP were in place, no one would be standing on a cliff when their child turns twenty-two, because. At age 16, they are supposed to be working on these three areas, where this, this individual will live when they are done with school, whether that happens at 18 or 22, where they will work or go to school and what that will look like and how that will work and to get them prepared for that. And three, what their support system support system will look like. Now, everybody take a deep breath because this is what you're all worried about, right? This is it in a nutshell. Because at some point, I know I'm going to scare all of us half to death right now. At some point, we're not going to be here. (gasps) I know I can't even think about it either, except we have to. Because if we really want to be the best parents that we can be, we have to be thinking about these three things for our kids. Here's the good news. It isn't just us. It isn't solely on our shoulders to figure this out. And we don't have to figure it out on the eve of their 22nd birthday. We don't. Legally, they're supposed to have an ITP. And legally, they're supposed to have things, and this gets attached to their IEP, and they have to be working on, you know how they've been saying to you for years about, well, you know, we only cover things that are academic. Lies. All lies. Because I don't, you know, there's very little on here that is academic school wise, right? This is everything that we need for a successful transition from being in that coddled school system to being in their real life. And I think that um, being able to look at these three areas and get support from the school is part of the roadmap to success. It's not the whole roadmap to success, but it's part of it. Ka says, yes, that part takes my breath away and consumes my heart, uh, my mind and heart daily, Ka, all of us. But I will tell you that when you're feeling, one of the things I've learned on this journey is when you're feeling the anxiety, if you stop and ask yourself, what can I do about this? What can, what is out of my control? And then you go back to the, what can I do and say, what action am I taking today? One small thing that I do today and the rest that's without my control Turn it over to whatever, you know, whether spiritually, if you can turn it over to, you know, your higher power or, you know, if you're religious, turn it over to the God of your understanding or, you know, turn it over to the autism community, uh, you know, an organization that you trust. But, but we all have control over some things like look at this list here, you know, um, for me, I can remember when my son was in second grade and I was like, where is he going to go to high school? And everybody was like, he's in second grade. Don't worry about that. And I thought, well, I can't really do anything about it right now, except I could go online and look for high schools. And in second grade, I found the high school that he graduated from. And once I knew that I was like, he's going to go to high school there. Then I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Um, you know, it was like, Oh, I know exactly where I want him to go to high school. We're just going to make that happen. So, um, you know, put in place things that will make you feel better. Years later when somebody was asking, you know, what's my plan if, you know, my husband and I weren't alive while he was still younger, and what we decided to do which was right for us may not be right for you is that we decided to instead of instead of putting the whole thing on one person or one couple and saying, okay, you're responsible for him. If something happens, we decided to pick like my brother-in-law's a lawyer. So, um, we went and his wife is a nurse and we went to them and said, we would like for you to be his godparents for all things legal. Um, that if he has a question later on in life and we're not here and it's a legal question, can we count on you? Can he call you and you'll help him with anything that's legal? And my brother was like, that's it? That's all you want? Oh yeah, I can do that. I'm a lawyer. I, of course I can handle that. And then, you know, we went to somebody else and we said, you know, if if people that are working with him have questions um, because he responded so well to ABA, can you be the people who will handle any questions that anybody else on the team has about ABA? He has theater godparents. <laughs> because we, and in fact, his theater, one of his theater uh, godfathers has been on the show, somebody who directed on Broadway. Look, I can't get better than that, right? And in our family, we think seeing theater and being a well-rounded individual is really important. So uh, he has theater godparents who are responsible for taking him to good theater if anything happens to us. And, you know, we, we have, you know, lots of people that we just assign them, this is what you're in charge of. And, you know, that's what worked for us. You have to pick what works for you, but that's the little bit of action that we took that helped me to be able to sleep because I was losing it over this. Yeah. But the ITP, y'all, the ITP is super important that... If you don't say to the school what are we doing about the ITP? A lot of times they just do it on the sly. They have this piece of paper and they they fill it out and it's a nothing burger. But it could be something really really fabulous. It could be internships. It could be, you know, them identifying situations where they could live or situations where they could go to school. It's help, it's the help that you've been looking for, but you really got to advocate for it, okay? ITP so, so, so important. All right, moving on. We're so late. We got a guest waiting. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's we'll go on to our question of the day. And you guys can be writing in on whatever platform you're watching. We want to know from you, what is your area, area of strength? It says if strength, but of strength. What is your area of strength? Is there something that you're particularly good at? Um, the, I, you know, my... Dad used to always say to me, you are so much like my mother, Shannon. And his mother was, uh, known as Frida Penrod, the great talker. This literally what they would say about her in this little one horse town that they lived in. Uh, she was Frida Penrod, the great talker. And I, uh, obviously inherited the diarrhea of the mouth gene. I I can talk you under the table, um, It's the listening I got to work on. Right. What's your what's your superpower? What's your area of strength? Where are you good? So expressive language I have, the receptive I'm working on. What about you guys? What's your area of strength? And because once we understand that we have strengths and weaknesses, it allows us to realize that everybody has strengths and weaknesses. I think it's the beginning of empathy, but what's your area of strength, uh, write in and tell us. Cause you know, I love to know what you guys have going on. Let's also now go to our topic of the week. Uh, Oh, Ka I love yours. I never take no for an answer. I always find a way to make a yes, especially for my son. You go. Um, oh, okay. So our topic this week is the, you are here mall map. You know, when, when you go to a, a mall, and, and if it's a new mall and you've never been there before and you got something you want to get done, what do you do? You look for the map and somewhere along the way between the stores, they have that kiosk thing that has the map on it. And you look at it and it's got the little star that says you are here. And then you go, okay, I'm here and I want to get to Macy's, which is all the way over there. And you chart a course. One of the things that's maddening to me with autism is that where's the map? I always say to people, where's the map? Can I even begin to understand where am I and where am I trying to get to? One of my favorite things in the world that I I heard, and I think it was at a Tony Robbins thing, um, but I went, oh, okay, this clicks for me now, is that, do you know that when planes take off from Los Angeles to get to New York, that 99% of the time they're off course, Because they have to make little minor adjustments, but they know exactly where they're going. And so they know which adjustments they have to make to get there. Very rare that a plane takes off from Los Angeles to go to New York and and lands in Ohio, right? That's only if there's extreme weather. They find their way, not by being on course the entire time, but by making minor adjustments. But you have to know where you are and you have to know where you're going in order for that to work. And I have found that for our journey, that was so important to us and that we, every time we had to make a minor adjustment, it feels like the world is coming to an end, right? But if we knew where we were, and that took a lot of work, we had to like press and press and press to say to people, how far behind, what is he behind it? Like, and where are we trying to get to? I think it's so important that you ask those questions of the people that you're working with. Um, look at Jewel. Jewel says her superpower is gathering information, support person and taking care of business. Then Jewel, I'll bet you anything. You're good at this and that, you know, right where you are on the map and where you're going. But if you don't today, if you don't know where on the map you are, ask questions of the people that you're working with or get someone to evaluate you or your kids to know where you are on the map. And then I encourage you to dream a little bit when you figure out where you're going, think about where do you want to get to? You know, I, I don't think it matters if you all the way get there, but if you have an idea of where you want to go, you're going to get further than if you're like, eh, we'll just see, right? Um, I absolutely um, think that that's essential. So what does this have to do with today's show? It has everything to do with today's show. So we're we're so excited that we're welcoming Jeremy Homburg, who uh, is the founder of a wonderful organization called My. Best Social Life. You can find that at mybestsociallife.com. Um, and I, I know you guys are going to be so excited to talk with him about all the things that he has going on. I want you to know that first and foremost, he's a dating and friendship coach, uh, and that he focuses exclusively on transforming the social lives of autistic young adults. Uh, his clients make new friends, start dating, and attract a kind and caring boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever whatever it is that they're looking for, uh, even if they're at a place where meeting new people is something that is really making them nervous. Uh, so I absolutely am so excited to talk with him about that and so many other resources that he has. So Jeremy, welcome to Autism Live.
0: So good to be here. Hi.
1: I'm so sorry that we're a little bit late today. I got a little verbose. That's the word I want. So Jeremy, first of all, I think everybody's uh, intrigued now and wants to know everything that there is to know about My Best Social Life. Tell us a little bit about where, you know, so obviously we can go to mybestsociallife.com, but is there anything else that we need to know before we launch into some of the things? Because you're going to talk with us about five steps from going from lonely to isolated. Lonely and isolated to a vibrant social life, but tell us first about mybestsociallife.com.
0: My best social life is a passion project. If you'd asked me, you know, 20 years ago, do I think I'm going to be an autism dating and friendship coach? I would have said absolutely not. I was on my way to a, a very successful career as a lawyer. Uh, I spent seven years as a prosecutor in New York City and another seven years uh, as a, a litigator at J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and here I am. Uh, but, it's because... but you were
1: saved. You were saved from all that. that I happen? actually
0: loved I loved being a prosecutor. This I got right. paid in stories. It's just that stories <laughs> didn't pay the mortgage. Um, no, my legal career was a lot of fun, but it actually really prepared me for this. Um, and so My Best Social Life is a passion project because I, I've always loved teaching and I've always loved the idea of helping people live a better life. And the autism community invited me in. Um, I didn't seek it out. Uh, I'm not on the spectrum, uh, much the same way you're not. Uh, I'm I'm what I would call neurotypical, um, but the I, I was running a dating programming in New York City, uh, primarily at uh, the Jewish Community Center of Manhattan. And unbeknownst to me, there were uh, three special needs organizations under the um, under the JCC roof, and uh, I was invited into all of them, and I stayed. Uh, three years doing some programming at adaptations at the Silver Center for Special Needs. And uh, I I stuck around. I loved the, the autism and, and neurodiverse community so much. And I saw such a need and that no one had really cracked the code on how to help people make friends and start dating. So if you ask, you know, what's my superpower, it's tenacity. And I knew that if anyone was going to crack the code, it was going to be me. And I've been sort of in this community for the last 12 years. I've loved every minute of it. And I offer some resources at no cost to people. So if you go to mybestsociallife.com, you'll see there's a free training for parents. You'll see that there's a free training for singles on the spectrum. Um, I also have a, a, a free Facebook group for parents and a, fr- a free Facebook group for singles on the spectrum. Um, and you know, for every family that goes through my training or every family that wants it, I offer a free strategy session where we get together for 90 minutes no cost and and and, you know me and the the parents and and the young adult we talk about you know what do you want in your social life we dig deep into what the obstacles are and then we sort of outline you know what's the path from where you are now to where you want to be um and then you know at the end of that at the end of that talk sometimes parents want to work with me in which case we can talk about the program that i run social life 360. and a lot of times you know we're just not a right fit or you just want to take the information we talked about and run with it and that's fine too um, but that's my best social life. It's, uh, it's, wow. it, it's my way of helping people on the spectrum and their families um, get from a place of loneliness and isolation to, you know, a more vibrant social life with friendships and dating and maybe even more.
1: And I want everybody to know all those resources that you were mentioning. Um, Trayvon has also put uh, links so that you can get to Jeremy's sites and resources in the descriptions if you're watching us on YouTube, so you can check that out in the descriptions. Now, Jeremy, you say that this is the time, that this is a particularly great time to begin to work on this kinds of stuff, that it's the best time. Why? Why is this the best time in the world for folks on the spectrum to be working on social skills?
0: Yeah, it seems really counterintuitive that the best time to be working on your social skills is sort of You know, during a pandemic, but I really believe that that's true. And the reason why is because everybody is lonely, not just people on the spectrum. Everybody is lonely. I mean, if you look behind me, it's an empty house and I live in a suburb. And, you know, I come from New York City where I used to work on Wall Street and I'm lonely, right? Uh, And I'm the most extroverted person you'll ever meet. We are all just in this state of deprivation of human contact. And what I think it means is that when the world reopens and you know we're all allowed to to just go out and and be ourselves i think that there are going to be millions and millions and millions of people who start socializing again with an open heart and an open mind and i think that there's going to be a window of opportunity for all of us to make new friends and start new relationships because there's such a deep desire that has been pent up during this pandemic and so what I think will happen is that if you wait to start building your social life and your social skills when, you know, the world reopens, you're going to miss that window of opportunity. Yeah. But if you start working now on building those social skills and you start practicing, you know, what you need to do now, then when the world reopens, you're going to be there and ready. Yeah, That's why, that's why I say it.
1: I agree. I actually agree. So let's go over what are your five quick steps uh, from going from lonely and isolated to a vibrant social life filled with new friends and relationships?
0: So, you know, number one is I think that you need to know what you want your social life to be. Okay. Number two, you got to be in the right places to find the people who will make you happy. Um. Number three, you have to have a mental library of, you know, things that you want to talk about, questions you want to ask so that you can uh, have more fluid conversations. Number four, very much to your point a little while ago, know what your superpower is. I call it autism superpowerification. Know what your superpowers are so that you can use them to your advantage. And number five, have the right mentor who can hold your hand through the process so that you don't get stuck and you don't get overwhelmed.
1: I think that those are a a great roadmap because I think we can all identify on that list. If you love someone who's on the spectrum, you could look at that and go, oh, they definitely have uh, one and they, you know, they're definitely, they've got four. But there's always one where they're struggling a little bit more and it can, all it has to be is one of these that's off. And it can be not only like not beneficial to them, but to the point where I've had people write into us, Jeremy, that are adults on the spectrum that are trying to crest this. And, you know, there's one guy who the girl called the police just because he was trying to talk to her in a restaurant right. and, and he was being nice and he was being kind, but she didn't understand the signals that he was sending. And so she called the police And, you know, you want to talk about being aversive. He was like, I'm never talking to another girl again. So, you know, all it takes is for something to be a little bit, not what it needs to be. And the whole machinery falls apart. So there are many parents that are out there that are just hoping and praying that their kids are going to figure this out on their own. Um, And, and I think you would make the case that why would we put them through that?
0: Yeah, why would we put them through that? You know, the statistics are are devastating. You know, the last statistic that I saw is that, you know, 91% of adults on the spectrum never find their long-term partner and, you know, something like 60% or more, you know, never even find a girlfriend. And so, you know, regardless of what the actual numbers are, we know from our own experience and just from our own lives and just looking around that most people on the spectrum never really solve You know this loneliness problem and so they spend most of their time either alone or or you know or isolated and the fact of the matter is that you know for a lot of people it doesn't need to be that way right you know the difference between success and failure can be something as simple as having a mentor who just holds your hand through the process and knows what to do and you know i know that my kids are really looking forward to the olympics coming up and one thing that i always tell them is look at every athlete who is in the Olympics, look at every sports team. There's not a single person competing anywhere at any level who doesn't have a coach. And the reason why is because we're just awful as human beings at looking at ourselves and diagnosing what's going wrong and what needs to go right. Not not a single one of us is particularly good at it, right? People who succeed at things are people who have experts holding their hand along the way and telling them this is what's going wrong and this is what you need to do better. And I'm going to be here through the process to help you get there.
1: Yeah, I think we all get this in little pockets, but maybe we don't spread it to other things. Uh, You know, I I came from a family, my dad was a softball coach and and a baseball coach. And so the idea of having a coach for sports always was in my family, but no one acknowledged that, uh, you know, at one point my mother had a business and there was never a question Uh, It was out of the question that my mother would have a business coach for how to run her business. That was never a thought. And now, of course, you know, I recognize that people who have really successful businesses almost Mm -hmm. always had some level of coaching to get there, even if it was just for one aspect of it. So I have
0: five business coaches.
1: There you go. I I mean,
0: yeah, I I would I wouldn't run a business without a coach because it means that I'm reinventing the wheel every time something goes wrong. I have a whole team of people that coach me. And I'm not ashamed
1: of it. And we can't just have this idea in our heads, you guys, that our kids are just going to sort this out. A coach is a really important thing. So, Jeremy, take us through some of the nuts and bolts. So, you know, let's say I'm a mom in Indiana and I've got a 20 year old son and I'm like, oh, this is right what I need. Am I somebody that you can work with or can we do long distance to do that? Or do you need to, do they need to be where you are?
0: so funny I actually just signed up a client 2 weeks ago from a family in Indiana. So um I have uh I have a couple of clients in Indiana right now. The beauty of this world that we live in now uh, is that it's not just coaching, even in medicine right now, right? We're doing telehealth. Um I've talked to a lot of experts in the autism field. Everyone is doing stuff by um uh over the internet. And so Um, interestingly enough, um, you know, what, maybe a half hour south of you on the 405 freeway, Shannon, I don't have a single client currently in California. Most of them are on the East coast. What?
1: Let's fix that.
0: Uh, The East coast loves me. I, I have been adding clients in New Jersey for whatever reason at a, at a very rapid rate. Um, but that's the beauty of the world that we live in now. Um, you know, a lot of the teaching that I do is actually by online module, reason why is because, you know, 80 90% of what you need to be social is kind of the same for everybody. And so by giving my clients online modules, they can watch it a 1000 times, right, and do it on their schedule, not online. And that's not something that requires you to live in Orange County, where I live, you can be anywhere, I have a client now in Australia, the most wonderful human being, and he's in a different day than we are right today is what Wednesday here, it's Thursday, where he is, but it doesn't matter anymore. Because you know the skills that you need to learn are things that can be taught over the internet, and frankly, it's better for people on the spectrum to be learning over the internet because it allows them to learn when they're ready to learn, uh, and it allows parents to to be part of the journey when they're ready to be part of the journey, and that might be in the morning, it might be in the evening. Last night, I I I, I met a family who became a client. It was one in the morning on the East Coast. That was their time. Wow. You know, yeah. and so, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of the Internet in the world that we live in now.
1: There we go. Now they're writing in and wanting to know, is there an age like are you only working with teens and adults? Because somebody says, how can I help my son who's six make friends? But are you only working on that older group or what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah. So I tend to work with, you know, young adults who are 18 plus, And I think it goes back to something that you were talking about before. Right. There's that cliff at 18. Right. From zero to 18, there's plenty of resources, generally speaking, depending on where you are in the country. And, you know, and you don't need me. But then you, you know, then you hit 18 years old and suddenly you realize, okay, I don't have, you know, resources at my disposal anymore. But I also don't have the social skills I want or the social life that I want. And what do I do now? And so that's where I come in. But even more than that, I've also found that, you know, when when kids are too young, they just don't want it enough. If you want to build social skills, if you want to build a social life, it's no different than building muscle. You got to go to the gym every day, right? And so building social skills requires effort every single day. And what I found over, you know, the dozen years that I've been in this community is that the older you get, the more you're watching your peers lap you and you're falling behind and the more you're motivated to do the work. So my clients tend, you know, on the young side are 18, 19. Most of them are in their 20s and 30s. But I've worked with people in their 60s and 70s because they thought that this problem was going to be solved and they turned around, you know, 30, 40 years later. And now, you know, now they're they're over 65 and they've still never had a real girlfriend or a real boyfriend or the partner that they wanted and they come to me. So, you know, for someone who's six or seven, yeah, this is something you really want to work on. And it's something that you absolutely want to work on with, you know, an expert who knows how to help a six-year-old or a seven-year-old build social skills. And does my methodology, you know, help? Yeah, I, I think so, right? Go into, you know, go into mybestsociallife.com, take the parent's training. I think that those steps are helpful. But from the perspective of, you know, is that someone who I, I would work with? I, I think that there are just resources that are much more specialized in in young kids than I am. And that's that's the recommendation I would make. Find the right person. Find the right man.
1: Well, and interestingly enough, the last time I talked to you, you either were on your way to or had just come from a meeting with Liz Logason.
0: I I was just on the phone with her, yes.
1: Yeah. And uh, Dr. Liz Logason created the PEERS program, which for those of you who are writing in that have six and eight-year-olds, um... You know, I, I'll be honest, when when Dr. Loggison created that program, she was really w- looking at working with kids in that in-between age, like the 13 to 18. And then there was such an outcry of people saying, but my kid is five, let's lay the groundwork here. So she now does have an online program for kids those age, you guys. It's the PEERS program, P-E-E-R-S Um, you can look it up and we'll invite Dr. Lagason to come back on. We had her on a long time ago, but in COVID, they've been doing it all online. And uh, you guys, if you've got the young ones do that, but I I will tell you for those who have the teenagers that are the older teenagers, the 18, 19 um, and, and up, so many of you have written in before and said that you have adult children that, I think, you know, I mean, the truth is, is that we all kind of want, uh, I, I I think that one of the reasons why the show The Big Bang Theory was so successful was that it was a group of people who were all over the map and the spectrum in terms of different um, issues and capabilities but they had found this core to work together, and it was this friendship through those through the, all that diversity. I personally loved it because I thought, oh, someday, if my son can have a core of friends that are like that, that I would be just thrilled and delighted. And of course, as the show progressed, they all had romances and got married. And I think that was exciting for us to see. And I think that we all want some piece of that for our kids, as well as there are people watching that want that for themselves. So um so I I from what what I hear from you is that it's a combination of giving them homework and modules to watch but then there's also one-to-one mentorship with you is that right Jeremy?
0: Yeah so you know w- what I found to be successful is a combination of things and by the way you know shout out to you know Liz Laugason, who's been an incredible inspiration to me Uh, And I say that because one of the things that peers does that I have now incorporated into my program is parents, the exact same training and the exact same strategy I give to, you know, someone who's on the spectrum. I teach that to the parents too. And the parents come to um, you know, to the weekly group calls that we do with my clients as well. Um, And they, and my parents have their own chat community so that they can be supportive of one another. And, that's that's really a testament, you know, to Liz, um, because you know, for the last ten years, you know, parents came to me. They said, "Here's the struggle that that my young adult is having," you know, and and I hand my young adult over to you and sort of you know wash my hands of the rest of the process. Um, and, and and really, thanks to Liz, I've I've understood how important it is for parents to be pushing in the same direction and feel included in the process. So you know, just a big shout out to her. Um, You know, a little bit more to your to your question, Shannon, I find that um, in order for someone to be successful in socializing, they need to have the strategy, they need to have world class support, and they need to feel like they're part of the community. And so what my program does that I think is really different from anything else on the planet is, yes, I give you the strategy and I do it in a way that's very, very step by step and very manageable. I send an email to my clients every day that says, either here's the module that you should be doing and the strategy that you should be learning, or here's the assignment that you should be doing to practice, right? And we do that over the course of, of 12 weeks. Um, and as I said before, my clients can and their parents can watch the modules a 100 times if they want to. But that's only one aspect of it. I think that you know if you want to stay motivated, you really need to feel good about yourself. And so once a week, all of my clients and their parents get together on a Zoom call. Um, We have one tonight, in fact. And all we do is we celebrate my client victories, right? We celebrate what's going right. And I do a little bit of coaching here and there, um, and I answer some questions. But it's really about all all the clients and their parents in my community getting together, seeing each other's faces, and and celebrating the progress that they're making because it's truly inspiring. And then, yes, we do some one-to-ones where you know I get together with young adults or or, or or with you know with my client and their parents and we do some coaching and we do you know even more celebrating. Um but really truthfully that's I actually think that's the least important aspect of it, right? The most important aspect is feeling like you're loved and embraced. And my clients actually have their own chat group and they spend the entire day talking to each other about their favorite comedians and their favorite movies and their favorite TV shows and music and they keep each other company all day. Right? And they develop friendships amongst themselves. And that really gives them the inspiration and the motivation to also do the work.
1: Uh, Well, I think it's amazing. Uh, Again, uh, where do we want to send people first, best? Go to mybestsociallife.com?
0: Yeah, I I think it starts by taking the training, and the training is free, right? There's one for parents, there's one for singles. Um, And you really get that overview of what's my philosophy, what's my strategy you know and at the end of the day for a mentorship to work for for me to want to work with you and you to want to work with me we just have to we have to mesh we have to feel good about each other and so i think taking that training gives you sort of an overview of who i am what i do you know what's my personality like and then at the very end of it there's a link if you want to have a, a, a strategy session we'll do that and it, it doesn't cost anything and we'll get together for 90 minutes sometimes two hours And we'll talk about, you know, what do you want in your social life? What's going wrong? And what's what's the roadmap to fixing it? And at the end of that, as I said, you can take the roadmap and do whatever you want with it. Or we can have a conversation about whether I'm the right mentor for you or maybe I'm not. And maybe there there is another program or someone else that you should be talking to. And that's fine.
1: Jewel has written in and says that she is an 18-year-old. And due to COVID, large turnover in-person support help and new help all the time, it feels like they're continually starting over. At square one, now, obviously, for your service, that's not an issue, right? because it's you and you're not having staff turn or are you now having other people do this as well as you
0: no I, I do this all by myself. this is a labor of love, and I try to keep the group small enough that I can do everything you know on my own, and you know I know that one day I'm going to have to expand, and I, I kind of know who I want to expand with and how I want to expand, but as of right now, it's just me, there's no turnover. I'm the same guy I've been for the last 12 years.
1: So Jewel, I want to encourage you go and, and, you know, take the, the first it's, I mean, it's free. The training is free. It's not going to cost you anything and you'll definitely learn something that's useful to you. And then if you want more information, you can reach out to Jeremy and see if you guys are a good fit Um, because it has been tough in COVID it's been, and, and look, we could pick it apart for every single age group. There's been different things that are tough, but I, you know, listen, I've got an 18 year old, which means that, you know, this hit when he was 16. And, oh, it's just so frustrating because all of the all of the opportunities that my, uh, you know, that for our kids, both yours and mine, Jewel, all the opportunities that they would have had from 16 to 18, it's almost like during those years, you get a little bit of a pass that you, you know, you can kind of mess things up and nobody holds it against you socially. Um, but, uh, you know, our kids just didn't have that time. And now suddenly they're 18 years old. Everybody's looking at them as adults, but socially our kids were behind to begin with. And then they just had 16 to 18 yanked out of their time zone. Um, it's it's a hard, hard time. And I know a lot of people are suffering from shortage of staff, but this is a way that you can just totally go do an end run around that and get support for your kiddo um, that's really positive. Um, and I'm assuming... Jeremy, that you can help us to catch up for these missed years,
0: I I, I can certainly try. You know, just to stack on what you were saying, Shannon. um, You know, when the world started to reopen for the first time, you know, call it six months ago, I don't know, five months ago, whatever. um, You know, I reached out to all of my old clients to see how they were doing, and there 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 are two clients in particular who you know who allowed me to sort of tell their story. One's name is Josh, and, and one's name is Rob. And I was on the phone with both of them sitting, you know, in the very same seat where I am now. And they both told me the exact same thing. I feel like I'm rusty and I feel like I'm back at square one. And guess what? Like, absolutely, we all are, right? Yeah. Right. You too, me too. We all are. You know, we all spent a year in change not flexing our social skills muscles. And so even though, you know, Josh and Rob had graduated the program, they came back and we worked. Uh, we worked together to, you know, to resharpen those skills um rob now has a girlfriend and so he re-graduated the program uh josh is you know out and about doing stuff uh you know in in his neck of pennsylvania all the time two three times a week and landed a couple dates but at the very least is just just hanging out with friends and truly being social and you know for them it was a little bit of you know re-honing those social skills and, and, and a big dose of You know, holding their hand and and letting them know that that they are, you know, lights in this world and that there are people waiting for them and, you know, just sort of like nudging them to get back out there and do it. So, you know, there's not a there's not a mom and dad, you know, in, in the autism community or in lots of other communities who doesn't feel like their young adult got set back by by COVID. And it's true. Um, And we all did, including the moms and the dads. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't mean that we can't pick up from square one and start making progress.
1: Absolutely. So again, uh, go to mybestsociallife.com and check out all the resources that are there. We also put links in the description so that you can find them. And then uh, if you like what you see there, reach out to Jeremy and he's available for for that more comprehensive coaching, even one-on-one coaching, so we're so glad that we could showcase this amazing uh, resource, Jeremy. Thank you so much for what you—my pleasure. Here with us,
0: my pleasure. And I really, by the way, Shannon loved the um, the mall map idea. I haven't really thought about it, but you know, as someone who's new to California, I am constantly lost. Uh, I'm lost in South Coast Plaza. I'm lost. In, in everywhere, and so you know the idea that there are maps to sort of help me where where I need to go is just such a really beautiful idea and constantly being you know correcting my course so that I get to where I'm going.
1: Well, and think about it, you guys. Uh, you know later on this summer i uh, I'm hoping to get to a wedding that is uh, someone that I've known like the first adult that I ever met on the spectrum. Uh, is getting married to someone else that I know. And it's a wedding that we all want to be at because it is the ultimate success. It's the thing that we always wanted for him, that he is in love with a woman who is just drop dead in love with him. And uh, it just makes me happy and grin whenever I think about it, right? Isn't that what we all want for our kids to be in this really loving relationship where they are respected and loved for who they are, not in spite of it? And if we really are on the mall map and we're like, well, I'm here and I don't know where I am and that's where I want to get, we have to chart a course. It's only occasionally that you just luck into showing up where you meant to go to begin with. So let's chart courses. And uh, Jeremy's got a way to help you to do that for our kids and for ourselves so that we can all be happy grandparents. Because really, uh, that's what I want. I, I, would like, I would like a happy kid in a happy relationship. And I, I'm like the Saturday Night Live skit. I'm like, can I have a grandbaby?
0: truly though, Shannon, I I know you got to move on, but like that was life-changing for me too. So when everyone takes the training, you'll see that one of my clients, Douglas, got married. And, you know, not only did he get married, but he invited me to be in the wedding. Uh And so I gave a blessing to him and his bride under the marital canopy. But what was so life-changing for me was I looked out at this group of people who were, you know, in this wedding hall in Queens. And I, you know, thought to myself, like, this doesn't happen. They're not here if, if not for me and the work that I did with him. And that was really the beginning of my transition out of being a full-time lawyer, part-time coach, and into being a full-time coach and a and a and a former lawyer. And nice. it makes all it made all the difference in the world to me. And I can't even imagine how much it made all the difference in the world to his mom and the family that he married into. And so, you know, I, I tell my clients all the time. Pay whatever it costs to make your dream come true. Put in the effort, right? Because once you get what you want, you never have to look back.
1: There you go. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for being with us. We're, we're out of time you. entirely. I'm going to tell everybody we're back tomorrow with an amazing uh, Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Uh, Pastiche Graham is going to be with us. She is the young woman who was featured on Undercover Boss last Friday, an amazing self-advocate who has got a children's book coming out. You're going to love her. And we also have, uh, in our Autism Family Portraits, Julie Wadine is going to be with us for the first time. Uh, Just an amazing woman going to talk about what it's like having her son is on the spectrum, but he has a dual diagnosis of cerebral palsy. So you're not going to want to miss that. She's an inspiration. He's an inspiration. So definitely be with us tomorrow for that. Until then, I'm so sorry. And thank you so much to Jeremy Humberg. Don't forget mybestsociallife.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.